Hello, welcome to Beyond Parenting. My name is Beth Hardy and I'm here to talk to you about parenting, what it means to you and different ways of looking at it. You may have broken free of the chains of the cycles that have been passed on to you from your family of origin, but are you stepping in the direction which is supportive of where you want to be? So we examine all things from things to do with partners, teenagers, younger kids, blowing your top, self-care and more. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Here we go. Hello, welcome to Beyond Parenting. Today we hear from Melina. Melina took a slightly different path to the ones her peers. In the past few years, she dealt with the challenge of vaccinations coming into the public sphere. And where she is from in Canada, they had very strict rules around when people are not vaccinated what they can and can't do so we hear about how she worked through that situation and found the right solution for her and her family even when it forced them into a lot of restrictions it's a really really interesting listen and we hear how she really stood up for what was right and what is right for her. We have a little bit of an interruption partway through because my son fell over and I had to comfort him. So he joins us for the tail end of the podcast. I hope you have great time listening, as much fun as I did listening to what she has to say. It's great to have you here. I'm so excited to hear about your story because I know that you, when you got into parenting, everything was kind of mainstream. You were doing things that everyone else did and then things kind of took a little bit of a turn and I'd love to hear from you how that happened. You never know when it actually starts. It kind of just, you end up realizing you've made a turn when you're in already on that path and you look back and you're like, ah, yes, things have changed gears a little bit. So I have three kids. My eldest is just about 13, you know, first time parent, Google and groups and classes and whatever information you can gather from anyone else is really what you learn. And you kind of run with that when you start feeding them solids, when you start giving them their bedtime and it becomes almost like a routine of some sort. I, I like going through my- the, were you like going through the milestones and people were like, oh yeah, this is what we do then. And this yes. was it like that uh, as well. I'm an ECE so early childhood educator. Okay. Uh, that's what it's called here in Canada. I myself being on the other side as an educator, there is those checklists that we kind of run through. So I kind of did the same things with my own kids, of course, you know, as time passed and I became more of a mom than an educator. I had my second son about a year and a half later and you kind of live and learn and you realize you need to do what's best for you and for your kids and your family and your home. Mm. No one can really tell you the checklist you need to follow. The box that that checklist creates for everybody is probably about that big. Mm. And I'd say majority of children on the outside of that box. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And how how are we going to constrain our kids to fit in there? And then are we going to panic when when they're not? Yes, well, (laughs) we do, don't we? 
Mm-hmm. Even though we don't want to, we do. So that's when you stop Googling and you stop looking at those checklists and you start going with your gut feeling and your instinct on what's best for you and your, your family. Mm-hmm. And even while, well, you know, you hear from your parents and your friends. And I learned over the time I matured as I grew and became more confident as a mom. Mm-hmm. And then six and a half years later, I had my daughter. So there's quite the gap there. Then there was a whole world of vaccinations, specifically the COVID vaccine. So that's kind of where I realized I'm not following this mainstream. I was already veering off and not that typical because no one's typical. Uh -uh. No one is typical. No, it's insane to think that we, we would categorize what, what is a typical kid? I I wouldn't even know what to say. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all so different. And I should have known that being an ECE being in a classroom of 15 two-year-olds that are all different, (laughs) right? So the biggest change uh, or the biggest time I noticed is when it was here in Canada, the uh, vaccination was rolled out really strong and really strong. And it was quite difficult for me because there's that one thing to offer vaccinations to children and, and adults. And then there's another thing to say, your child must be vaccinated. So, so that became- tell, tell us a bit more about the details of that, because if the listeners, there'll be a lot of people in the UK who don't know, will only know. Yeah. Well. Right. So it started off when the vaccine rolled out. And I think that was worldwide when it was offered for like the vulnerable or yeah. 65 and over. Mm-hmm. And then they started to work their way down and it was 40 and older is now eligible to get vaccinated. They worked his way all the way down to now 18 year olds and are eligible to be vaccinated and stayed there for a while then it started with the government allowing companies to implement policies saying if you are not vaccinated you can no longer work here i know there were threats of that in the uk i don't think there was much implementation of that oh oh no that was a that was set in stone wow so people were losing their jobs we had nurses and doctors walk from hospitals all over the news where hundreds of nurses and walk because they gave deadline dates. So if you're not fully vaccinated by this day, don't come in. You no longer work here. So we had doc- police officers walking off the jobs. So key people we really need. And they're just well, first they were our heroes, right? Our nurses yeah. were our heroes yeah. and our doctors helped saving people and caring for these patients that are, you know, affected by COVID. And now we're just going to let them walk away because they won't take a vaccine that hasn't really been proven to do anything. There's none of research. It became that I worked in a place where it was that they gave me a deadline date. Boy, was that a struggle because I wasn't comfortable with it either. either. I wasn't sure if I was ready for that. There was not enough information going around. I wanted to make my own choice, but my choice was clearly taken because I needed my job. My husband was in the same boat. He was in a position where it was like either get vaccinated or you have to leave because it's part of our policy. And it was a struggle because my eldest son, he had, he was really upset when I decided to do it because he said to me, and I pride my kids in making choices for themselves and standing up for themselves and Mm. being who you are and don't let people persuade you into doing things you don't want to do. And then here I am being persuaded. You're coerced rather than persuaded, really. You know, yes, I was forced. And that's where I was trying to explain to him. Mm. I said, really, this isn't my choice. Yeah, I I need this job. And any job I'm going to apply for, I have to be vaccinated or I can't work. And I need to work. (laughs) Your dad needs to work. 
it, there's just no question about it. So both of us did do that. I, I will be honest, this is uh, just a little tidbit has nothing to do with our chat today, but people band together and actually they, there was lawsuits happening. Really? And they won and they won. Wow. So that's a whole another talk. Mm. Um, anyhow, so my husband and I took the vaccine to keep our jobs and then it went from 18 to 12. So it was mandatory for 12 year olds. Mandatory. Wow. For 12 year olds. So if you chose not to, what they did was they took their sports away. So my son was not allowed to play any sports because he couldn't be on the sports team and vaccinated. He wasn't allowed to go to the public pool, public skating arena, to the movies, to the library. You had to show proof of vaccination to be in any municipal building. That was where we drew the line. Like my son played on the same baseball team since he was seven and we had to say no. And he was on board. And that's what it came down to was his whole freedom of choice. Millions of truckers that drove their way to Ottawa, to our capital, right? parked outside all over the country. It was huge. And then it went across the world because they were saying, you know, we're, right. we're hurting our children. How can you say kids can't go to the public pool? How can you say kids can't go to the movies? A 12-year-old? This is ridiculous. Then there was even talk of saying that they wouldn't, not, wouldn't be allowed to go to school unless they got the COVID vaccine. So it was it was really hard on us because my son went from an athlete to a couch potato because he was very restricted on what he can do. And it became really tough. And But that was the, the biggest point for me when I thought, I know what's best for my kid. Mm-hmm. I know what's best for my family. I know what we want to do and we're not going to do it. And we just went off the beaten path and had to deal with a lot of repercussions. My yeah. son had to deal with it at school, on the bus, in the classroom. Who in this class isn't vaccinated? He, you know, bless him. He's very confident in, in himself. And thankfully, he, he put his hand up. I'm not vaccinated. Oh, well, that's stupid. He came like the segregation. He had a little spat on the bus, school bus, with some kids saying, why aren't yeah. you vaccinated? Because they've been indoctrinated by by the government and their all of society that are telling yeah. them that this is what they have to do it was really sad it was really sad it was a real big struggle but now we kind of made it through they because it was the, the way they were monitoring this is you had to show proof of vaccination when you entered anywhere they had like qr codes yeah so we put all their information and show our qr codes to enter anywhere and i just like I said, because my son is 11, my other son, I said they were twins. They're both 11. And what was, and what was I teaching my kid, you know, going around lying? Yeah. Yeah. How awful was that? But I said, enough, we can't even, restaurants, that we couldn't even go in a restaurant with him. So I said, forget it. No, we're taking, we're taking this into our own hands. You're 11. What's the difference between you're 11 and you're 12? What's the difference? Yeah. You could do everything and you can't. That's insane. It's really it's insane. How how did you handle the backlash from your from your side? Obviously, your son was able to stand up and hold firm. How how did you handle that? What you're doing? Well, in the beginning, I guess because it was a very emotional time, like it was really emotional at first for me. And I think my emotions spoke for me and didn't serve me well. Mm. Um, we've had issues in our immediate family, you know, arguments right. in, in our immediate family that have still carried to today. There's, you know, some relationships that have been broken. You know, there's been times where I, I, I learned to bite my tongue 
and I learned to be comfortable in what we decided and leave it at that. Right. I'm not going to justify why I've done it. I'm not going to justify why I think I shouldn't do it. And I'm not going to ask you why you've done it. Were you over and say those things or was it or was that implied in in your interactions? No, because I learned that it, it wasn't doing anything. Right. You know, you want to make a decision for your family. You have to be sure and be confident and not feel the need to justify. Because when I did, it didn't yeah. go well. It never it's went well. It's getting over that that thing, isn't it? Because that when you are justifying, you're really justifying it to yourself, ultimately, aren't you? And right. Trying to prove a point rather than actually believing it. Right. Exactly. Proving a point. Who am I proving it to? I know what we want. Yeah. Do I really need to prove to other people the decisions and choices I make with my kids? No. Yeah, exactly. This is, so that you, you nailed it when you said that. Because I was trying to prove a point before and in the beginning, mm. trying to justify and prove my point that I, 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 I'm right. Mm. I, there's no right or wrong raising your kids, really. No. At the end of the day, you do your best. And you do put a hundred percent and show up every time. And that's it. That's all that you need to justify. But it, it really was eye-opening to see how many people raise their kids in a way for the sake of the norm. How many? And that could be part of the reason why some parents do struggle with parenting. Maybe they're not doing it their own way. Maybe exactly. They're doing, it- they're doing it the way that everyone has been told they should do it by, by the patriarchy, ultimately. Right. Yeah. And what the books say, and they have their their own ways and their own thoughts. And so, you know, this book may not suit me. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's wrong, but I'm not going to listen to it either. You, you have to really trust yourself and really know what you want. Definitely. For me, I remember one of the most important books I read, actually, when my, my eldest was a baby, was a book called Letting Go as Children Grow. And it was... Mm-hmm actually ultimately about listening to my child and actually what I'm I am the parent to this specific person and they are going to teach me how to be a parent to them yes not, so, so, not, what was that called I'm just going to write that down it was well you know it's a little dated now but it's called because this is a long time ago <laughs> that's okay but it's that's okay. Um, it's letting go as children grow by Deborah Jackson it's a long time since I read it but it was quite influential to me along with another a number of other books but really the core of trusting that was the only thing that really felt right to me as as a parent and that was the thing that mainly influenced my choices and yeah. it was always down to is this right and so literally every single every single big choice I've made has been with that principle oh, that's amazing that's amazing actually there was a book um I actually read this book through my training how to speak so children listen so it's very similar yeah. to mm-hmm. what you're saying yeah so yeah, I've got that one. Really, yeah. So you really have to yeah. find what works for you. Exactly. And trust it. You know, when my I had, my boys were very close in age, they were 17 months apart. Mm. And uh, the energy was insane. <laughs> it was insane. It was crazy. I wish I knew then what I know now. I wish, I wish I didn't care about what people thought of them. Right. I wish I didn't worry about the judgment of going places. I wish I didn't react in public. Like there was times where, you know, in a grocery store, I'll never forget. I had my double stroller mm-hmm. and my one son and the, he was, he was just, he like, he cried quite a bit. He's, you know, I don't know. He was, he was just very whiny for mm-hmm. whatever reason. 
probably because something I was not catering to. Yeah, maybe time. picking up on, on because right. you were focused yeah. on what you were being told to do. <laughs> right. So as I'm saying, I wish I would have dealt with things in a certain way. So instead mm. of being angry with him for not letting me finish my grocery shopping and worrying about all the people around me, probably looking at me because I'm pushing the stroller with this kid crying, probably have the angriest face. Mm-hmm. I would have just stopped, kneeled down in front of him. Why are you crying? Do you need something? Do you want a drink? Do you need a snack? You want to come out? You want to walk and hold my hand? Like, what do you need? But instead of just reacting, leaving my groceries and looking all frustrated, storming out of there and then being all angry, because you worry about what's going on around you. Um, I've got to go one sec. Rather than worrying about what people around us are thinking about our kids, we should think about them, zone in just what you're doing right now. (laughs) I know. Zone in and you deal with it, right? The timing is perfect. That's what we were just talking about. Yeah. Rather than, rather than, you know, you worrying about what I'm thinking that, oh no, now she's going to bring her son. No, you zone in on him and he's sitting quietly and he's going to listen to our conversation. (laughs) You okay now, bud? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, see, and do you want to give Melina a wave? Hi. I think we had a little chat last time too. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I think yeah. you did. I think he just wanted to say hi, and this is the only way. <laughs> <laughs> this is his way in. <laughs> this is his way I'll in. Just, I'll just fall over, <laughs> fall into a wall. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, as long as you're all right. Oh dear, yeah. No, he's all right. I think he just needs yeah. that bit of love because that's what yeah. that's it, isn't it? Like kids they often they don't always know what they what they're needing but we have to we have to explore and find out what it is don't we but it's but we're not always told to do that and that's what you're saying and like that's we've been kind of indoctrinated into this other way of being of like no children need to fit in they need to be yes people I mean the school system is sort of part and parcel of that right yes 100 percent. actually my son was just saying yesterday that he hates school. He hates how they do school. It's like we sit in chairs, we all look forward, watch videos for instructions. He says it's boring. It just is. You know, and that's why I think the whole play-based learning has come into play. I don't know if that's how it is in England as well. So our can we've changed they've changed the curriculum of early childhood education. Mm-hmm. So in daycares and in kindergarten, it's all play-based and it's child-led as well. So that's a huge thing, child-led. Now, there is something to say, I feel, when they get older, that there needs to be some structure because you need some structure in your life to know how to, you know, navigate through your life. Yeah. You do need some structure. But once they get into the older grades, it's literally like sitting at a desk, very, very little movement breaks. You know, once they hit 13, there's no more recess. And it's just this whole day. Well, they don't get a break. They don't get a break. Well, they or is it more? Well, they get their their five minutes between classes to get to the next class, right. and then they get their lunch breaks. He just says the day is boring, and when you're bored, what happens to your mind? It just shuts down. Yeah. So really, what are they learning? Very little. Your you you your children are homeschooled, yes. My older two, yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, probably a very different experience for them. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, they they learned through very much through play and everything was following their interests. And then mm-hmm. I had to walk, um, bring in some structure, but it was only like, it was a bit of structure, but it wasn't like 
mandatory sit down and face front all that sort of stuff you can't move right one of my one of my kids has got pathological demand avoidance meaning she doesn't really take any instruction whatsoever so I don't know (laughs) that must be challenging it's very challenging I think you know that you know who that is don't you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so I think we all know who that one is so yeah it does make it quite challenging so it's it means that actually she's for quite some time she's had to literally structure her entire curriculum herself and I can't even tell her to do anything I just have to like if she's interested in something I just have to like put her put something in front of her or at least like discuss what options might be available because if I put it in front of her she won't she won't do it so I have to just right yeah wow so you got to really think that through (laughs) it's really challenging but anyway and that's by the by what I want to know really is how that that experience that you've had with the vaccinations has shifted your parenting since then well it's certainly shifted my confidence in parenting in my my parenting anyway right it's shifted because the more experience you have in anything be it parenting or your job or whatever the case may be practice does make perfect I guess well nobody's perfect let's say that but more practice more confident you become in something so it has shifted my confidence in parenting. You know, I, I used to beat myself up at times saying, oh, did I handle that right? I, I even, you know, had battles with my own self. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have did that. I should have done this. I think that's so common though. That is right. so common. Right? Like, you know, I should have done things differently. Mm. You know, and the other thing is, am I, did I damage them in any way? Did I hurt them in any way? Yes. Did I influence their personality or their character by any way, by my, or what, how I parented them? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, making this decision, it's made me become more confident. It's made me realize I give a hundred percent. Always. I show up every single day. <laughs> Oh, you're a good hugger, aren't you? <laughs> He's the best hugger. I'm really lucky. <laughs> and, you have a good, you have a be- and you have a great smile. <laughs> yeah. So you're a bit just of sweet to- medicine in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. So I think we just have to become more confident. And even just things like that, what you're doing right now, that's a clear indication that he loves you, right? And you're <laughs> yeah, doing a good job. He wants to be with you, right? And then, and I'm trying to pay attention to that more myself. Hmm. Our kids, um, when my boys were quite young, there was a time where we felt like we were losing control of them. Like they were just out of control all the time, every day and everything I tried. I'm like, why are they always out of control? So we were speaking with someone and he said something to me and I'm, and he, your children are a reflection of you. You see that your kids are out of control. Are you out of control? Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, over the years and over the That's time. That's so hard to think to think though. That is that was really hard. hard to recognize. It, he actually uh, at the time I didn't have my daughter, we talked about each of our kids and he paired us up with one. And we had to write down things about each other. So, I had to write things down about him, whatever comes to mind, mm-hmm. and I had to write things down about my, myself and we had to see if they were similar. Right. And then, or then compare both of them. But we compared all that. And there's so many similarities that you would never imagine. So really they are a reflection of us. And that stayed with me for so long. So, you know, making this huge decision about the vaccination really gave me the confidence to say, I know what's best. I know what's best. 
And then your son reflecting that back with how he was and how his confidence in how he was talking with people about about his his choice and that was his. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. You have to really and and even him because I I was speaking to people that night, speaking to a friend at work, and she had said like, "You're lucky that he has that confidence, right, to stand up for himself rather than cowering down." And now feeling isolated and pulling away from everybody. And she said, you know, you should take some credit for that. And then that came back to that reflection of you, you know, telling him, be who you are, stand up for what you believe in. Don't let anyone persuade you. Keep yourself strong and and willed and you have to be you. And absolutely. He was confident enough to stand up and say, yeah, I'm not vaccinated. And that's right having the confidence to have that response so is there anything is there anything that takes you to that vulnerable place where you don't feel secure and you don't feel able to deal deal with a difficult challenge no I've really I've really let that go wow I've really let that go like even with just situation at dinner table and we had grandparents eating over you know we were like oh you gotta finish your plate oh yeah don't leave that that. (laughs) don't leave that and this whole food situation. And I have to say, early years of my parenting days, yeah, I would be, oh, you're not eating enough and you're not eating this and you're not eating that. And I still have challenges with my daughter, mm. to be honest. But this whole, oh, finish your plate. And the other day we were here and the grandparents were like, no, 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 you can't get it. I said, no, this is my house. And they said they're full. And I looked at them right in the face and I said, if you don't want any more, you don't have to eat. If you're done, you're wow. done. That's that's impressive. That's because it's hard in the face of people who really don't get it, but you're close to. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't really want to have to deal with that. No. It's like, oh God, can I right. just do my own thing? Right. right. Okay. And then you, I, and I, there's been many times where I let things go and let things slide. And I was like, oh, whatever. Okay, fine. Just, just be quiet about it. No. No, I, I, and I've noticed that I'm more firm with, yeah, this is what is good for us. This is what we want. Did did you face backlash from them when you, when you've done that? No, no. Now that is the lesson I think we need to hear more than any other, I think, because you're doing, and that's the similar with your son. Was it when when he was like, no, whatever. Yeah. Well, that was the thing with the vaccination too. Like my, my husband's parents were very supportive. So they were supportive with our decision. They, they heard us, they listened and they heard us out. My parents, not so much. It almost became like, I think they knew I was so confident in the decision. They didn't even talk to me about it anymore. Once you stand your ground and say, I'm doing this Mm. and I don't care who says what to me people will say less to you because and and if you can respond with confidence I guess and say how can anybody argue that this is what I'm doing you get a thumbs up (laughs) this is what we're gonna do and we're sticking to it if we can't agree to disagree then let's just not have the talk anymore let's just not talk about it I think that is so true but we cow down so easily particularly if we we have tricky traumatic experiences with that person and we Mm -hmm. don't want to repeat them again and we just fall into traps particularly when it's someone from an older generation of the behaviors we're used to doing I've only just begun 
literally in the last couple of years to like really hold my boundaries and I feel like that's what you're doing you're holding your boundaries really firm this is me whatever you're saying about it like I'm not accepting you belittling me or trying to change my opinion change my mind I'm just going this is me this is how it is and you like it's kind of liberating actually yes you like it it feels don't like it exactly and it doesn't matter what did you say I didn't he says you like it or you don't like it (laughs) yeah that's right if you like it or you don't like it this is what I'm doing as long as I'm not hurting anybody or as long as I'm not putting anybody in in a bad situation or it's not safe or it's it it, it's quite liberating yeah because I was I was raised in a way where you know it's almost like you respect your elders you need to listen to your parents you need to listen to your older aunts and uncles and you need to listen but what about me I'm not I'm I'm not a kid no and it's respect should be both ways rather than one way because then it's not really respect that's authoritarian anyway yes yeah but that's that was the parenting style of the past start parenting style that was the way it was before and that's but where we, we learn to be parents as well, because that's yes. what we saw. So we've had to do so much unlearning to get where we are now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we're getting thumbs I, up for that too. Yes. That's so true, Beth. We had to, because we are a reflection of our parents. Exactly. Same thing, right? It goes down. Yeah. My husband's a very strong personality. Having him show me a different way of being, like I'm very easygoing, very passive. But in some situations, you can't be that, especially in parenting. And that's probably now thinking out loud. They were so young. I was still learning and I was still probably listening to other people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what we wanted. No. But, you know, the way we were parenting, it wasn't what, what we felt. It was more of. Yeah, it was kind of fear based because you've got to fit in with what everyone says because otherwise what you you're challenging other things and everyone else is coming at you with their fears about how, yes. how they think if you're doing something different they're being challenged right yes and so they're fearful that oh did I make a bad choice in what I'm doing and so it yeah. all comes comes back on them when they're and then that's where judgment comes into play Mm. and then people start judging I don't know you lose even that relationship with them you want them to see the real you yes you have to be you you have to be the real the real person you are and you have to show them that because then that teaches them yes definitely definitely they are right I want to ask you some quick fire questions are you ready okay okay you you, you're ready you're gonna ask them too okay I don't know if you can answer all of them because they are focused on being a parent so we'll see (laughs) you can try yet you won't yet but you could give it a go what do you think the best thing about being a parent is the best thing about being a parent (laughs) okay what is yours okay go ahead love it loving your children that's the answer (laughs) how can I top that now well you're gonna have to try (laughs) best thing actually see my kids grow Mm. so seeing them grow you know because there's that moment where you kind of look at them and you're like oh my you're so big what happened to that little person yes I know and and just seeing them grow and change I love that I love that Mommy's gonna see that soon. Yeah, you're doing your yeah. clicks. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure she's already seen it. Right, you see them grow and then yeah. they become this. Mommy's, 
go see it again soon. Rose. She'll see what, it again what? soon. Oh, he's talking. He's got a birthday. Oh, <laughs> you're exactly right. You're right. So as you go older, we see you grow. And it, I love yeah. that. I love when I have those moments of, oh, you're so big. Or how did you know that? How do you know that? I know it's often in the conversations that you have, isn't it? And like, yeah. wow, okay, yeah. you get that from where? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. And I love loving them. Yeah, you love <laughs> like loving you said. Them. Yeah, <laughs> pardon. No, no, there isn't a right or wrong answer. <laughs> oh, he's like, who was right? One. <laughs> no, these are just opinions. Everyone's opinion is valid. And nobody is right or wrong. Well, everybody's right because it's what they think. What's the worst thing about being a parent? I might have to close his ears. Well, when you feel like you've like possibly failed, you fail so, them. When you feel like you yeah. failed them. Yeah. No, it's fine. I was joking. It's okay. um, and, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, like, so if you react in a way you shouldn't have. Yeah. And then we make it worse. Yeah, and then you feel guilty about it, or when it's really noisy. Oh, yes, oh. and it's just nonstop for and me. You can't even I have things straight. I know. For me, this is my one for this weekend. I don't normally chime in, but um, it's definitely the mess in every room. Every time oh. I turn my back, I'm like, oh my <laughs> <laughs> okay, so good. It's not only my house. Yes, stop, <laughs> please. please. No, please not, not help us understand. Life. Why are children so messy? Know. You know that? It's like, it's like they're playful and creative or something, isn't it? I know. <laughs> you don't just sit still I and not move. I, I don't give you a mohawk. Please don't. So what would you say? Would you say parenting has broken you down, lifted you up, a bit of both or none of them? A bit of both, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. I've had my moments where I'm like, I need to, I need to have a break. Children show you how much they love you. Or my daughter's mm-hmm. sweetest thing lately, she says, Mama, I love you with all the hearts in the world. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. And when your son does amazing things like he did, right. because of how yeah. you have supported him yeah. to be. Or with their accomplishments, right? When they, they have achievements and accomplishments that lifts you up and then there's those moments where you're like I need a break yeah quiet I need to go for a walk by myself yes I'll take I'll take the dog yes just the dog just the dog why not the cat (laughs) oh we don't have a cat (laughs) most people don't walk cats because cats like to be more independent than dogs how about hamsters no I don't have a hamster either (laughs) just a lovely dog billy pigs no, no island snowball how about island snowball those are our guinea pigs aren't they we don't take them on <laughs> the problem is with them they've got such short legs i don't think you could put a lead on them and they would stay on i don't think no or how long would they last no i think i wouldn't be able to go them. for a very long walk they don't know they generally just want to eat all the time so yeah. you. what would oh. you say the best is the best thing about you i feel like my my easygoing personality the ability to almost feel a person mm. and what would you think what would you say the most important thing um no that's a really badly phrased part of the question sorry what would you say the most important yeah. thing more uh, I can't talk anymore what's the most <laughs> important job of a parent there I did it well, 
<laughs> you got it out. <laughs> Most important job of a parent. I, I think support, supporting your kids in any which way they need support. I and, agree. And, I agree, he says. I agree. Okay. Yeah, support in any which way. In, in decisions they make, interests they have, you know, things they want to do. And even just like in school and any anything you know picking you know relationships with friends like yeah you always support them and if you can support them they'll end up going in the right direction because if you tell oh I don't like that friend I don't think you should hang out with that friend I don't like that sport why are you playing that sport oh you Mm -hmm. want to do art classes that's boring yeah what really what does that then now you're putting your own judgment Exactly. The last thing you should do supports huge, but everything, anything your kids want to do, giving them the support, it will take them where they need to be. Yeah. To lift them up. So they feel accepted always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard though. It can be because you put your own, your own, your own like personal choices sometimes Mm. on them, but yeah, doing any good for. No. And often like a, a filter of like, your own experience and you put it on them in a way like oh but I don't want them to have to experience this bad thing so right. I'll just guide them a little bit in that yeah. direction so that right. I'll, I'll open the door to that information like so they fauna know with the train like fauna with the train when she got the well, when she went on the wrong bus <laughs> <laughs> does he have a story to tell what we're talking about (laughs) it's not quite a perfect example of what we're saying but um yeah basically my um my eldest we were just um at the beginning of trying out going on buses for the first time because we did it later because she's autistic and she didn't wasn't going to school on a bus and stuff so we did it later we had to do it in a staged way anyway one of the (laughs) One of the first times she did it, we thought she'd got all prepared. She'd practiced with me and I'd been, we'd been there. And then she was doing it for the first time on her own and I was checking with her. And then partway through when she was there, I texted her and she, I said, where are you? So she sent me a, a little um, map of where she was. And it, it seemed very confusing because it didn't quite look right yeah. at all. And it took me a while to like compute what was going on. and. Um, and she was describing where she was. And I'm like, hmm, that doesn't sound right at all. And the next thing I knew when she did me the next journey shot, she was on the M1, which is a motorway. <laughs> she was meant to be just going down the road. It takes like 10 minutes, oh, yeah. 20, 20 minutes on the bus. She's <laughs> gone on the, the right bus, but the wrong direction because it was from a, um, a bus station. And obviously oh, yeah. the direction is... And she didn't realize until she was literally on this M1 and she didn't have bat- much battery on her phone. Oh, no. Her, her ticket was on her phone that she didn't have much oh, battery no. for. And I'm like, how on panicking. earth am I going to su- support you? during? The- and it was rush hour. And not panic, not put panic well, in her. I know. Well, how I can I not? To put- it was really, really hard not to put the panic in. But I have to say... I felt it like I have me to say too. I think that was the hardest experience as a parent me now, too. he was with me and I swear I felt like I'd like opened opened 
like say you know you've got like a herd of wolves a pack of wolves outside like it was like I just opened the door let her out and closed the door it oh, was no. felt like that to me it was the m- most horrific experience for me and I was beside myself and he was <laughs> watching me go oh my gosh what's wrong with you mom what's wrong with you, you? oh no but everything ended up I ended up okay right yeah yes. uh, yeah I mean she managed to get back she was going to her and she was okay like she was okay she was okay yeah. um she's a little jaded from the experience and she did say she was a bit scared um yeah. I don't think she was quite as scared as me <laughs> yeah no right it's usually us it's more us than them for the uh, most part. but yeah oh, that was the story you wanted to tell um anyway so is there anything Melina you would like to plug before we head off share my my experiences and put it all together and possibly create some like digital products to put out there I know I think rather than what that mainstream that new parents are reading and hearing about Mm. and listening to if they knew if they know you know more of this most of this information should be coming from parents that have lived and learned yes and if they had the if I had this information from when I started parenting to, to now, I think it would be a different experience for me yes. and even for my kids. Mm. So I'm trying to put some stuff together, some digital products I want to share and put out there to help parents see how sweet and beautiful these little minds are because they really are. They really are. If we took, if we had to take the time to actually know what's going on in there, we slow ourselves down a little bit yeah, and really see so I'm going to be creating some digital products and, you know, create a presence online to hopefully get this information out to share with new parents and parents that are maybe not new parents and still need to figure some ways out. And, you know, yeah. with my background of being an early childhood educator mm-hmm. and my many years of parenting, putting it all together, I, I feel like I have lots to share. Ebook, it's, it's called A Reflection of You, kind of pair it with a journal so parents can keep track of all the exercises that I want to go through and they can keep note of all that stuff so right now I'm working on it um I am on Instagram solely creating a presence online it's called uh with all the heart well that is so fantastic so now people will know be know where to get hold of you thank you so much for coming yes. on and yes um, thank you for having with me. us well yeah <laughs> no worries <laughs> yeah thanks for joining us thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with me beth hardy and if you want to connect with me more you can get along to any of my socials your family well-being coach on tiktok and instagram and you can find me at stop the triggers on facebook i hope to connect with you very soon if you have a question that you want answering we might be able to do a podcast all about that so please do drop me a line i'm so grateful for everyone who listens to this podcast see if you can rate and subscribe so we can make it bigger and better every week